You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM, and we are speaking to Margareta Dovgal, Managing Director at Resource Work Society. This week, we're talking about Premier Evie's first 100 days in office. Margareta, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, McCarran. How's it going? Doing very well. How about yourself? Pretty nice. Pretty nice. So, Margareta, there have been many announcements in recent days, but let's start off with the one that has caught loads of attention this year. Safety and criminal justice. What is Premier Evie planning? I think everyone noticed that the municipal elections across BC made it clear that public safety was top of mind for many as they went to the polls. And I think it's finally gone to the point where the province effectively snoozing on the topic is essentially no longer viable. Uh, commentators are certainly observing that uh, some of his recent announcements, especially increased police funding, are a little bit out of character. Uh, you know, he's a former BC Civil Liberties Association head uh, with a bit of a left-leaning bent, uh, but I know it's uh, something that he's trying to establish, that he's a moderate, uh, aggressively taking uh, perceptions that public safety has been in decline in recent years um, to hopefully a new level. And I hope that he'll be able to act quickly. Uh, the indicators are positive. Uh, so far, there's been an investment of $230 million for the RCMP, which will boost policing capacity province-wide on the mental health file. Lots and lots of stuff there. I'd still say there's lots of room to go, but for starters, uh, mental health crisis response teams across the province. And I think it's broadly part of this emerging recognition that severe mental illness doesn't get the appropriate systemic supports that are needed to get to better outcomes. Uh, so, of course, funding is good, but uh, as I've learned as a volunteer for the BC Schizophrenia Society, there's a lot more that needs to happen, supporting families of those uh, with severe mental illness, uh, ensuring that there are solutions for those who uh, don't have family support. Uh, you know, a mental health facility review closing uh, over a decade ago uh, still hasn't been resolved. There's a lot of people uh, who are homeless or really vulnerable uh, who were let out of Riverview, but haven't received those supports. It's just one example that we see in places like downtown Vancouver. Um, lots of news as well on uh, repeat violent uh, offenders. Uh, it's a coordinated response team that has been assembled to address the issue and target what many have called the catch-and-release model, uh, where people would offend, get arrested for a day, maybe see a judge, then go back out a couple days later, offend, rinse, repeat. Um, so addressing that is pretty key. Uh, and we're hearing that this will be part of the Safer Communities Action Plan. So I'm excited to see how the province rolls it out. Uh, one more thing I'll note here is that uh, there is uh, a definite understanding that uh, Indigenous Canadians are overrepresented in the justice system. Um, so EB has announced he'll be funding some Indigenous justice centers. Uh, obviously, it's uh, more than just a matter for police and courts. And uh, I hope there'll be a lot of work with uh, First Nations, Métis, uh, communities across the province to address some of the systemic factors that uh, lead to uh, higher representation in these cases. Certainly, Margareta. Now, also, housing and affordability are big issues, particularly so with inflation at a high for the last decade. British Columbians are being hit hard at the pump, in the grocery store, with their rents or mortgages. How will the new Premier take this challenge on? On the housing side, uh, David Eby has launched off with some pretty radical changes to the BC Strata Act. Uh, striking provisions for rental bans and condos, uh, limits on uh, children being permitted in certain buildings, and things like minimum age requirements. Uh, and of course, this has the effect of opening up more units in what we know is a very crunched rental market, uh, and it enables the market to more efficiently allocate homes. Uh, but of course, there's people crying foul, like landlords, uh, citing things like inadequate consultation, but rest assured, there's 
always somebody who wins, always someone who loses, uh, whether it's within the existing status quo or as things change. And the real challenge for EB right now is to find a balance that enables him to govern effectively in the interest of all British Columbians. And we know that housing supply is a real problem. Uh, we're also securing his odds for re-election in a couple of years. Uh, notably absent, in my view, uh, has been so far any acknowledgement of the widespread challenges that renters with pets face in this province. About 50% of British Columbians have pets. Uh, and unlike Ontario, where discrimination against them can't be legally enforced as uh, part of any uh, lease or contract that's signed, um, no matter what an agreement says, uh, BC makes no such concessions. So that leaves many with pretty limited, pretty expensive options. Uh, changing that would be a welcome relief to a particularly squeezed population of renters. So I hope that's what EB has next. Uh, opposition leader Ken Falcon, however, uh, did note that uh, for a politician who's had the housing portfolio for a number of years, the announcement uh, came off more akin to the sound of a pop gun rather than a cannon. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. And, you know, fair enough. There's still a lot of work to do, uh, given the enthusiasm that surrounded his campaign from pro-housing groups, uh, both uh, when uh, his uh, premiership was just a rumor, then it was announced uh, that he was a candidate, all the way through to, uh, of course, him being sworn in. Uh, I'm positive that we're going to see much, much more on the file, and I think a good place to land would be fairly substantial changes in how zoning is done in municipalities. And, of course, from uh, his recent announcements, it's clear that he's looking at that, at least uh, increasing supply in high-demand areas. Um, but I very, very much expect that uh, any further changes here will need to be way more consultative. Uh, and although there is sort of this will among the public, uh, the proof needs to be there. Uh, he needs to have the confidence to proceed to defray the criticisms that are going to inevitably come. Uh, one more thing I'll note here is that uh, BC Housing is, of course, in disarray. Uh, you know, new CEO needed. Uh, there was a following, uh, there was a surprising resignation of the former CEO under pretty heavy criticism about procurement and contracts. Uh, so lots of work to sort out there in terms of the publicly funded housing. And then finally, on the affordability side, uh, at his swearing in, he announced a fairly modest affordability credit, uh, which will be uh, distributed to households on a sliding scale based on income, as well as a BC Hydro rebate. Pretty modest, but it's off to a good start. Mm-hmm. Now, Margaret, a reconciliation is front of mind for many decision makers these days. What are you seeing so far on this file? Well, it needs to be front of mind. It's a very important file. And getting to a point where we reconcile the damages that have been done and continue to be done to Indigenous communities is, is really, really key. Um, and, you know, from a, you know, signaling perspective, uh, the fact that he was sworn in at the Musqueam Community Center instead of the government house in Victoria, that was pretty positive. Uh, Chief Sparrow of the Musqueam Nation actually said, and I'll quote, Musqueam wants reconciliation to be more than a buzzword. We want action that creates substantial positive change for Musqueam and all Indigenous people in BC. We'll be looking to the Premier to provide the leadership needed to truly implement Indigenous rights and create a prosperous future for every British Columbian. And uh, that's you know, music to my ears. Uh, BC, of course, was the first jurisdiction in Canada, uh, one of the first in the world, to bring in a declaration on the rights of Indigenous peoples act, uh, going off of uh, UNDRIP, the international uh, convention. Um, and uh, our province has been leading in many other ways, uh, everything from forestry licenses and uh, empowering Indigenous communities to determine what happens to uh, forestry lands, uh, all the way through to driving economic reconciliation. Of course, ResourceWorks is host to the annual Indigenous Partnership Success Showcase. 
So I expect we'll be talking a lot more in the coming weeks and months about what uh, Premier Eby's announcements mean and hopefully what he's going to do to invest in communities, enable them to attain the kind of economic power, strength, well-being that is needed to address some of the big, big gaps and challenges we see for Indigenous Canadians. Lastly, let's discuss your favorite topics, Margareta, environment and natural resources. Where is EB headed in your view? Yeah, I think so, so, so far. Uh, absent is uh, the hostility that uh, uh, many would like for him to have towards resource development. Uh, but also absent is, uh, so far, the occasionally effusive support that former Premier John Horgan expressed. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how his previous comments uh, regarding things like fossil fuel subsidies are going to play out and what exactly he would put on the chopping block. And uh, he said, and I quote, uh, we cannot continue to subsidize fossil fuels and expect clean energy to manifest somehow. We cannot continue to expand fossil fuel infrastructure and hit our climate goals. So there's a, a lot to unpack there. Uh, so now, first now, uh, Green Party, uh, MLA, recently tried to pin him uh, in that question period, the B.C. legislature, on whether he would actually ban future fossil fuel infrastructure. But I feel like he effectively dodged the question. Uh, he did pivot to the government's climate plan, Clean BC, uh, saying that uh, you know future development would need to be consistent with it. Um, so it does sort of send a signal that he's not in highly willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. You know, LG in particular is a pretty key driver for BC's economic prosperity, uh, reconciliation, as many First Nations uh, really, really invest in liquefied natural gas export. Um, but it will be interesting to see where exactly those cuts, those uh, hits at uh, subsidies uh, end up being. And, uh, of course, the Clean BC thing will be the cornerstone of his approach. I'm curious to see how he changes it or whether he's going to stay on the same track that uh, Horgan more or less uh, outlines. And I'll just say one last thing here. I'm still predicting that fairly aggressive health care reform is coming down the pipe. Uh, there's been recent news that uh, primary care physician salaries in BC are going to be raised to attract doctors from other provinces. Uh, of course, only a first step. Uh, he also signaled a desire to ease the credentialing process for foreign-trained physicians, which is also a welcome sign. But I think on many of these files and many, many more, we're going to see many exciting things. I know there'll be criticism from the VC Liberals, which is, of course, their job. But I'm curious to see what he does and how he balances all these complex competing priorities. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. So thank you for covering all that, Margareta. We really appreciate it. You take care. You too. Thanks so much. We just spoke to Margareta Dovgal, Managing Director at Resource.